We begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of Daf Memvav Amit Beis, the last three lines on the Amud, where it says, Omarava. So the Gemara here is discussing the Pshat and the Mishnah in the beginning of this Patek. The Mishnah says, when you have a cow that gored an ox, and it's unclear whether when it gored, the Vlad, the fetus, was inside the body of this cow, so therefore you can collect the payment for the damages from both the cow and the fetus, or no, maybe the one that gored is really just a cow. The fetus, the, the baby was born already before, and therefore you could only collect the damages from the cow, not from the fetus. So the Lashen that it said in the Mishnah was that this is a short time that's damaging. You can collect the Chatsi Nezek, which would mean the full payment that you owe here, from the cow, and then you pay a quarter from the Vlad, from the fetus. That was Lashen of the Mishnah. So the Gemara asked them that, that would mean that the Nezek is getting paid more than, than he's supposed to. He's getting paid a half and then another quarter. What's the Mishnah saying? So the Gemara brought before a shot from Abaye, without getting into all the details, Abaye basically said that what it said in the Mishnah, you have to read it differently. It doesn't mean literally. You don't get half and then another quarter. When it said in the Mishnah half, it means half of half. From the cow itself, you could only take, because it's a suffix, if it was mazik alone or together with the vlad, so you could only take a quarter. And then from the vlad, since it's not clear if it was inside the body of the cow, when the cow gored or not, you could only take a half of a quarter, which would be an eighth. That's what the Mishnah really meant. The Gemara explained the details of how and when exactly that applies, but that was the basic point of a biased shot. Now, on this, Rav asks, and Rav gives a different shot. Omar Rav, so Rav says on this, Otu echad ketani. Does it say in the Mishnah, this Lashon that you suggested, that from the cow you only collect a quarter, and from the Vlad you only collect an eighth? It's not what it says. Chatsi nezek, v'revia nezek ketani. In the Mishnah it says that from the cow itself, you could collect the full damages of Chatsi Nezek, that's owed. And from the Vlad, you can collect the Revia Nezek. So if you want to learn the words of the Mishnah as it appears, without making other Pirushim, how are we going to understand the Mishnah? So therefore, Allah Marove, Rav suggests a different shot. We're talking over here about the cow and the fetus that belongs to the same individual. Ah, one of the other points here I forgot to mention was that Abayas Pshat was based on the fact that the para and the fetus are not owned by the same individual. So therefore, when you're collecting, you can collect from one or the, you can collect from the other, but you're not collecting the full amounts of here. It belongs to two different people. But Rav says, no. Pshat and Mishnah is that the para and the fetus belongs to the same person. And this is how you have to learn the Pshat in our Mishnah. If the cow itself, that gourd, is here, and therefore you want to collect the damages from the cow itself, so then, you could actually collect the full collection of Chatzinezek from the cow itself. What's the reason for this? So the reason is, and we'll see that Ashley explains this, because the cow itself, we know for sure that this cow is the one that gored. And it doesn't make a difference, according to Rave whether the fetus was inside the cow or whether the fetus was not inside the cow regarding the fact that you can collect the full payment from the cow itself. Why is that? Because according to Rave, the fetus that's inside a cow is considered to be like a limb of the cow itself. So even if it's true that if the fetus was inside the cow, so it gives the cow more power, and therefore when it, when it gored, the fetus participated in this goring, but it doesn't matter. The fetus is just like a limb of the cow itself. So therefore, whether the fetus was inside the cow, whether the fetus was not, if the cow itself is here, it's this cow with whatever limb it had or didn't have, gourd. So you can collect the full payment of Chatzin Ezek from this cow itself. 
However, if the cow itself is not here, then because when it comes to the fetus, there's a suffix. We don't know if that fetus was inside the cow when it gored or not. So So from this fetus, if the, all, if the cow itself is gone, so you can't collect uh, the chatzinezek from the cow, and we're talking over here about uh, tam, which you can only collect from the body itself that damaged. So if the, the potter itself is gone, and now you want to collect from the fetus, since regarding the fetus, it's unclear if it was inside, and therefore was part of the goring or not, so then you collect only the vianezek mevlad. You can only collect a quarter from the vlad. That's what our Mishnah meant to say. So it's not that you're collecting both. It's either or. If the cow is here, you collect the full chatzinezek from the cow. And if the vlad is the only thing that's here, so then you can collect only a quarter from the vlad. And the Gemara continues to explain according to Rav. Time, uh, the reason why we say that you could only collect a quarter of the damages from this fetus is because the because it's unclear whether this fetus was inside the cow when it gored or not. But, the, but however, you could understand according to Rav, if it's obvious, we know for a fact that this fetus was inside the cow when it gored, so then if it gores, and you don't have the cow. The cow itself is not here to collect. You could only collect from the fetus. Then you could collect the entire payment from the Vlad. Because what's this Vlad? As I explained before, as she says there, the Pshad is that the Vlad is a limb of this cow. And that's what a Vlad, when it's inside the body, it's like a limb of the cow. So therefore, if it in fact was inside when it gored, and that's the only thing you have to collect from, it's like a limb from the cow, and you can collect the full payment of the damages from this uh, Vlad. And explains further that the Chiddush of Rav over here, regarding this fetus that's inside the cow, the basis of this is as follows. When you have a fetus that's inside a cow, one way to view it is that this fetus is really a separate entity. It's already a, it's, it's, it's a child, it's a baby in itself. It's just being contained inside the body of the mother before it's born, right before it's born. We're talking over here about this Vlad, right before it's born. So then for sure you would think it's a separate entity. But no, the Gemara says, Rava Rava follows his opinion, the Omar Rava, Rava said, Para Zika, a para that damaged, Gavim of Lodo. So if you don't have the cow here to collect from, you can collect the full payment of damages from the Vlad. My time, gufihi. The reason is because the Vlad, while it's still in the mother, it's part of the body of the mother. But however, he says, as another case, when you have a, um, a chicken that damaged, so then, if the chicken is not here, you can't say, ah, there were eggs inside the chicken when it caused damage, so maybe I should collect from the eggs which are part of the body of the mother. But over there, it doesn't work that way. My time, why? Because Pirshe Baal Mahu. The eggs are, are merely a secretion. The eggs are, it's, it's a separate entity from the body of the mother itself, and therefore from the eggs you can't collect anything. That's what Rava says, and that explains also what Rava meant to say over here. Okay, now the Gemara comes back, another statement from Rava regarding actually the first case of our Mishnah. What was the first case of our Mishnah? When the, the, the Shayr, it's an ox that gored, and it damaged a cow and a fetus. In the Mishnah, the case was that it was a suffix if the fetus was gored and killed by this uh, shayr. But here, Rava talks about a case where it's not a suffix. You know for a fact that this shayr gored and killed the, the mother, or it killed the, the mother and the, the, the fetus as well. So Rava, Rava says about this case, how do you evaluate the payment of the damages? Ein shaman lepada b'fnei You will not evaluate the cow separately, if it died, if it was killed, 
to evaluate the loss of the cow separately, and then to evaluate the, the fetus separately, that it was killed, and what, what was the loss of the Vlad separately. Ella rather, Shomen Levlad al You evaluate the fetus when it's inside the cow. What you evaluate is the loss of this fetus inside the cow, meaning if you have a cow that is pregnant and you have a cow that's not pregnant, what's the difference in value? What loss is there over here with the fact that this Vlad died? Mm-hmm. Okay, now the, the value of that, the value of that level of damage is going to be much less. If you're evaluating how much you can sell a cow and now this cow is, the cow is dead, what's the loss over here? And you evaluate the Vlad separately. How much could you sell this baby that was just born? And now it's dead. So each one could be sold separately. You can get much more money if you're selling a Vlad separately. So if you're evaluating each one separately, it's going to be a much bigger damage. Much, the Mazik will have to pay much more. But if you evaluate the cow with the fetus inside, it's not separate yet. You're not selling the fetus separately. And you're evaluating the Vlad inside the Pada. How much is the Pada worth with the Vlad inside? And how much is the Pada worth without the Vlad inside? Over there, the, the value of the damage is going to come out to be much less. So Rav explains, if you're not going to evaluate it this way, the Vlad inside the Pada, so then you're going to end up causing a weakness, a loss to the Mazik. You're going to have to pay much more. So therefore we evaluate it. We don't evaluate the Vlad separately. I think Mara is soon going to explain why, why are we so concerned about the, uh, that the Mazik shouldn't lose out of here. The Gemara first brings another two examples where we find a similar thing. We find also if you cut off the hand of a servant, of, of someone, so now you have to pay the, the master for the damages that his servant doesn't have his hand anymore. This is a major damage. So how do you evaluate this damage? You don't evaluate how much would you be ready to pay, how much would it cost to pay if you, someone would be asked, do you want to knock off this hand, take off this hand? That, that the value of that kind of a damage, if you're just going to evaluate how much it would cost to, to take off a hand, is going to be a tremendous amount of money. Rather, the way you evaluate it is, if you were to buy an Evet, you, you evaluate it more with the, with the whole picture. If you were to buy an Evet, and you were to buy an Evet that is missing a hand, and you were to buy an Evet that's not missing a hand, what would be the difference in the value between the two? That's the way you evaluate the damage. So again, same symbol over here, you don't evaluate just the hand itself, but you evaluate it in, in relevance to the whole body of the person. When you damage your friend, uh, a, a portion of your friend's property, one little area in your friend's property. So over there is the same halacha. We're going to learn about this barichas later in the Masechta. You could evaluate just that little area itself. How much is this area itself worth? If I would want to sell this little area as a field for itself, then the damage is going to be very high. But if this little area is part of a big property, and now you're going to look at the value of the whole property and let's evaluate the difference between this whole property with this little piece in it that, that's there, not damaged. And if you have this damage, this little area in the framework of the whole entire field, that's the way you evaluate the damage. It comes out to be much less than if you just evaluate this one little piece of property separately. If you would want to sell it separately, then you can get much more money for that. So that, that value is going to be much higher. So here again, you see that you evaluate it in contrast to the, or in relevance to the whole entire uh, piece of property here. And same thing over here, Benigayat to the Vlad. So you, you evaluate the Vlad inside the Pada, not separately. But Amalei Ravach Ravashi, Ravach asks Ravashi regarding the reasoning that Rav said, we don't want the Mazik to lose out. If this is the halacha that you do have to evaluate the Vlad separately, so let the Mazik be weak, let him lose out. Why, why is Rav saying this reason? So the Gemara answer is not really 
he's not supposed to lose out of here. Mishum da'omalei, because the mazik could say, look, pada ma'abarta aziktoch. If in fact my ox gored your cow and killed the Vlad, how? How did it happen? Because it was before it was born. And therefore, when it was still in the mother's womb, that's when it gored and killed both together. So therefore, So therefore, when we have to evaluate the damage that I did, we don't evaluate the Pada and the Vlad separately because the way the damage itself happened was when the Vlad was inside the Pada. So therefore, that's just, so it's, this is Apitin. This is not Stamwa having Rachmanis on the Mazik. This is the way it's supposed to be. And that's really what Rabbi meant to say. Okay, now the Gemara uh, talks about this case over here of the, the Pada and the Vlad where the, the Shirk Gordon and killed both the Pada and the Vlad. But here we're talking about a case where the Pada belongs to one person and the Vlad, the ownership of the fetus is from someone else. So now Pshite, the Halacha is obvious. Pada Dachad, the cow belongs to one person and Vlad Dachad and the fetus belongs to someone else. Now you have to figure out regarding the loss of the Pada. So obviously there, there are certain things that are obvious here that the, the Pada belongs to one, the Vlad belongs to the other. But the Gemara now adds here as follows. The Vlad is from that same Pada? Yeah, the Vlad from the same Pada, but the owner, the original owner of this Pada sold this Pada to two people. He sold the Pada to one person and he sold the fetus inside the Pada to someone else. So now they're not owned by the same person. So now when this damage happens, Pitma Labal Pada. The fatness of this cow that now got damaged and this cow is now dead, who gets paid for that? The Balpada gets paid for that. Now the Chiddush over here is, even though the fatness is really caused by the pregnancy, but self-self, where does the fatness come from? It's because the nature of an animal is, when it's pregnant, it eats more. So it's the animal that eats more. So it becomes fat. So therefore that fatness what that, that's now damaged belongs to the Balpada. Nafcha ma'ai, however, when it comes to the nafcha, the nafcha is, how do they translate nafcha over here? Expansion. The what, the what? Expansion. Expansion. Expansion, okay. Expansion. Expansion, okay, thank you. Okay, I didn't hear you. <laughs> the expansion, so what, what, the expa- what, what that means basically is that when a cow... When a cow is pregnant, so it, it uh, has a, a larger appearance. Mm. And because of the larger appearance, you can get more money for the cow itself. If you want to sell this to the cow itself, you're going to get more money for that. So that's another aspect of value that the parah gains through this pregnancy of the, uh, of the Vlad. That's, the naf, that's called nafcha. So we're not talking about the actual fatness. It's more the appear, appearance that it has that it, you can get more money for this. So who gets paid for this? This, this damage now that happened. On one hand, it's the cow that has a bigger appearance and you can get more money for it. But on the other hand, it's caused by the fetus. So who gets paid for this? Rav says it's the Baal Pada that gets paid for it because it's the Pada that could be sold for more money. Rav says, no, this value of this appearance, you have to divide the payment for this damage between the Baal Pada and the Baal Vlad. Because on one hand, it's the Pada itself that has more value now based on its new appearance that it has. But on the other hand, though, it's caused by the Vlad that's inside of it. So therefore, they both are owners. They're both partners in this damage that happens, and therefore, you divide that payment. Paskin like this, that you have to divide that part of the payment. Why is it like when, when When the Vlad was inside the Pada, the, the disappearance is there, and at that time, if you'd want to sell the Pada, it has that higher value because of disappearance. So right, right then, it has that already. Okay, the Mishnah now goes on to a different <coughs> subject. This is related to something that we learned earlier in the Masechta. <coughs> Mishnah goes on to discuss this, this, this Indian, a new Indian here. Zoktayelik Mishnah, Hakador, Shehichnis, Kedereis of Lechotzebalabayas, a potter. He brings his pots 
into someone's private property, into a chatzah of a, of a person's, a person owns a chatzah and he puts down his pots there. <laughs> without any permission. And the behemoth of this uh, owner of this courtyard is walking around and breaks these, uh, these pots. So Potter, he's Potter for the fact that he broke them because who gave you permission to bring your pots into my property here? Furthermore, if this cow or this animal of the owner of this uh, courtyard gets damaged by these pots that are here, the owner of these pots is going to be responsible for any of these damages. You brought it in without permission and you're causing me damage, so you're going to be chayv. However, if this potter brings in his pots into this property with permission of the homeowner here, so then, then the balachotzer is going to be chayv for any damages that his shayr causes to these pots because if you gave permission, you're taking responsibility that your shayr is not going to damage these pots. Similar, Allah the Mishnah says, You bring your fruits, your produce, into the chats of the balabayas, without any permission. And the behem of the balabas goes and eats up these fruits. Potter, it's going to be potter for the fact that you damaged, you ate from his fruits, you didn't have permission to put it there. That is, if the uh, paytas ended up damaging the, the behemoth of the balabas. So then, balapayris chayiv. The balapayris is going to be chayiv for this damage. Vimichnis b'rishos. However, if he brought his paytas over here, b'rishos, so then balachatzer chayiv. The balachatzer will be chayiv. The Mishnah repeats the same exact din. Second time over here, Taisus addresses this. Taisus over here says, because by the paytas, it's... Um, <clears throat> Not so easy for the behemoth to get damaged by them. So maybe you would think that the same halacha doesn't apply. Behemoth, putting, putting in paytas and putting in a pot in a person's rishos is not exactly the same thing. Uh, the, actually, Taisus of here says, sorry, Taisus says that the pots are easier to break. Uh, you're talking about pots and dishes, whatever, they're easier to break. So you would think maybe that's the responsibility of the, of the owner of this courtyard, but not by paytas where they don't break so easy. Maybe that's... Uh, over here, it's not, not his uh, responsibility. Okay. Vaita, the Mishnah says a third case, which is basically the same thing. A person brings his ox into someone's private, private, private property. Without any permission. And the ox of the homeowner here went and, and gored this ox that you brought him without permission. Or his dog came and bit, bit the, this, this ox that came in there. Potter. So the homeowner is potter. You came in without permission. If your ox that you brought in without permission, gores, the ox of the homeowner, you'll be chayev for the damages that you caused there. For another case, if the ox that you brought in without permission falls into a pit of water that's in this property, and you cause the water to become uh, damaged, to become um, spoiled, and it smells now because of this. Chayev, you're going to have to pay for the damages you caused for this water. Another case, if there was a pit here and the homeowner's father or son were there inside that pit and now the, the ox that comes into this property falls into the pit and kills this, the, the, the person that's inside it. You have to pay kaifer for this. If you bring your ox into this property with permission of the homeowner, so then the balachatz is going to be chayev. For, for uh, any damages that are caused to this shirt that you brought in Bereshus, because he took responsibility to make sure that it won't get damaged there. However, Rabbi Aymer, Rabbi argues, and Rabbi says, Bikulon, in all of these cases that we just said, the kalim, which are the, the pats that is, or the paytas, or the shirt that came in, even if the, you got permission 
from the owner of this courtyard to bring it in. Nevertheless, the homeowner here is not going to be chayiv for any damages that happens to your items that you brought in. Even though he gave you permission to bring it in, he's not going to be chayiv for this. Until the balabais clearly verbally says, I accept upon myself the responsibility of any damages that happens. Meaning, the very fact that he gave permission for you to bring it in, it doesn't mean that he's taking responsibility for any damages that happens. He's just saying, yeah, I give you permission to bring it in here. But on your own, for your own responsibility, whatever happens, I'm not taking responsibility. He has to clearly take responsibility for what's going to happen. But Stam, if he Stam brings it in and gives a shos, he's not responsible for this. Okay, the Gemara starts with the ratio of the Mishnah. What did it say in the beginning of the Mishnah? That uh, if you bring it in, Shaloi Bereshos, so then if uh, your, your dishes over here, your Kedetas get uh, damaged, so then, or, or rather, again, if you bring in your uh, pots into this Rishos, Shaloi Bereshos, and now the animals of the homeowner get damaged from your, from your Kedetas or from your Pedetas, so then the Bala Kedetas that brought it in without permission is going to be high for those damages. Says the Gemara, what could we understand from our Mishnah? Taime the Shaloi Bereshos. The reason why the owner of the pots is going to be high for the damages to the animals of the homeowner here is because he brought it in without permission. Ha Bereshos. However, if you would have brought it in with permission, then Loi Mechayev Bal Kedetis Beniskebantu the Bal So then the owner of these pots is not going to be liable for the damages of the behemoth for the owner of the Chatzar. And we're not going to say that you brought it in here, you brought it in with Rishos, but your, in other words, the Baal Kedetis is accepting upon himself to be sure that his paths are not going to cause any damages to the animals of the Baal Chatzar. We're not going to say that. No, if you're getting Rishos, you bring it in there and you can put it down there and you're not accepting any responsibility for any damages that your paths will cause to his animals. Says the Gemara Mani, according to who does this go? Rabbi. Seemingly, this goes like the opinion that was brought in the end of the Mishnah, which is Rabbi. What was the whole basis of the opinion of Rabbi? The Ahmad Rabbi says, Kol anytime where it's just Stam, where it's not verbally spelled out that you're taking responsibility for damages, like Kabbalah You don't accept upon yourself uh, any responsibility for damages. Now, the Gemara here, what the Gemara here is saying is a Chiddush, because what Rabbi said and what the Gemara is applying, Rabbi's opinion to the Rashi is not exactly the same. Rabbi was speaking about the Balachotzer. When the Balachotzer says, you may bring your stuff into my property, so that's Stam. He didn't spell out that he's taking responsibility for damages. He's not going to be responsible for the damages of the Kalim. Now, the Gemara is applying that in the reverse as well. The Gemara is saying, just like Rebbe says, in a case of Stam, where you don't specify clearly that you're taking responsibility for damages, that the Balachotzer is not responsible for the damages for, or that happens to the Kedetos, the Gemara understands that you could say the same thing in the reverse according to Rebbe. That according to Rebbe, the Bala Kedetos does not take any responsibility for the damages of the Behemis that happens when it's brought in uh, Bereshos. Why? Because it wasn't spelled out. It wasn't specified. Only when you specify, then you take responsibility for the damages. But if you don't specify, then you don't take responsibility for those damages. So these two points, the way the Gemara understand now, understands now, goes together. So therefore it comes out that the halacha that we can understand from the ratio of the Mishnah follows Rabbi. goes according to Rabbi that says in the case of Stomer, not the Balachotzer takes responsibility for the damages to the Balachotzer, and not the Balachotzer takes responsibility for what happens to the behemoths of the Balachotzer. It goes both ways. Both 
Yeah. But now the Gemara says, A Misefe, what does it say later on in the case of the Mishnah? That if the Balakhtaris brings in his Patsy with permission, then then the Balchotzer is taking responsibility for the damages that happens to these parts, even though it wasn't spelled out. So now, that's the Rabbana, that's the Tanakhama, the Rabbana in our Mishnah, which is saying that even without specifying clearly, the Baal HaChotzer is going to take responsibility for the damages by giving him permission to come in, even though he didn't specify that clearly. Again, even without spelling it out, the Baal HaChotzer is taking responsibility for the damages of the parts. So the, the first part of the Mishnah is Rabbi, and the continuation is the Rabbanon, that argue with Rabbi. And, the su, and then further, when we come to the end of the Mishnah, here it brings the opinion of Rabbi. Rabbi, Rabbi says, that the Baal HaChotzer will not be responsible for any damages, even if he gave permission for him to come in, until the Baal takes clear responsibility, clearly says he's taking responsibility to guard. So our question here is, Reisha, Vesefe, Rabbi, the first Allah in the Mishnah, the end of the Mishnah seems to be Rabbi. Um, then the middle of the Mishnah, where it says that automatically, without verbalizing it clearly, the Balachatza takes responsibility just by giving permission to come in, is a Rabbanon. So we have a, so the, the Mishnah, why is it bringing different opinions and with the Rabbanon in between? Amar Abzeireh, so answers, you're right, this is a good diok, and we're going to have to say Tavra, you have to break up our Mishnah. The one that says the halacha and the reisha, that in a case of stama, the Baal Kedairis, takes the responsibility for the damages that it does to the behemoths over here. Even when he came in Bereshus, that's going according to Rabbi. And it's, it's not the same opinion that it says afterwards, that in a case of stama, the Baal Chatzar does not take responsibility. It's two different opinions. Rav Omar, however, Rav answers and says, no, there's no contradiction here. Kula Rabbanan The whole beginning of the Mishnah is all the Rabbanan. And the point that the Gemara is going to explain over here is, you can't compare these two things. You can't compare the halacha that Rabbi said that the Baal Chatzar does not take responsibility when he gives Rishos for the person to bring his pots in. He doesn't, give respons- he doesn't take responsibility for the damages. The Rabbanan holds that the Baal Chatzar, if you give permission for someone to bring the Kedetis into your property, you are taking responsibility even without verbalizing it clearly. That's one point here. But then there's a, the, the flip side to it, the other side, the side of the Baal Kedetis, the Baal Kedetis that brings in his Pats Bereshus. And he didn't verbalize the fetish whether he's taking responsibility that his Kedetis shouldn't cause damage to the animals in this Rishos. So over here, that, that case is different. Over here, the Baal Kedetis, Rebbe would agree that without taking any responsibility for this, so it, it, even if it's not verbalized with fetish, then he doesn't, he doesn't take any responsibility for this. It's a, it's a separate Indian. Okay, let's see it in the Lashon of the Gemara here. The Gemara itself doesn't spell out the answer fully, but let's see what the Gemara does say. So Rav says, Kulo Rabbanon We could say that the entire Mishnah here is Rabbanon. Ubereshos, when the Baal Kedetis is coming into this Chatzah with permission, so Shmiris Kedetis Kibbal Olav Baal HaChatzah. So the Rabbanon's opinion, and this is the point that the Rabbanon are arguing on Rabbi, that, yeah, the Baal HaChatzar, even without verbalizing it clearly, he is taking responsibility for the damages that would happen to the pots. And that's Vafila Nishburu Beruach. He took responsibility even without verbalizing it, not only if his animals are going to trample over these pots and are going to damage these pots, but even if a wind comes and breaks these pots, he also is taking responsibility for that. Why? The basis of the Rabbanan's opinion in this case is that when you give permission for someone to bring your pots into your Rishos, 
you're basically s- saying with that, even if you didn't spell it out clearly, I'm going to be the shamer of your pots. I'm taking full, responsibility, full. full responsibility for whatever happens to your pots. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why? Because it's his chotzer and he's present there. Mm-hmm. So therefore he's taking responsibility for this. But however, the, the, what the Gemara wanted to compare before, to say a similar thing in the reverse, that when the Baal Kedairais brings his pots into the Chatzar, that to say that he's taking responsibility for the damages that are going to happen to the behemoth of the Baal Chatzar, over here, if he's not going to specify clearly that he's taking responsibility, mm-hmm. the Baal Kedairis is not taking responsibility for this. Why not? Very simple. The Baal Kedairis is not the owner of this place. He's not present over here. You can't, it doesn't make sense to say that when the Baal Kedairis brings in his things, even if it's brought in Bereshos, that he took responsibility of Shmire, that the, uh, that the, the animals of the Baal Chatzar won't be damaged. He's not staying here. He's not present over here. He doesn't own this chotzer. So therefore, in such a case, if it was Stam, then he's not going to be responsible for the damages that happened to the, to the animals of the, of the Bala chotzer. So therefore, these two things are not similar. Bakhla. That's why it's not a state over here. It's all, the whole entire mission is all the Rabbanon. You can say the opposite. You can say the Lord. The what? The what? You can say the person bringing the No, but it doesn't fit with the opinion of Rabbi. automatically takes... Um, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, but but on the other hand, though, you see over here, the Gemara wants to explain what you see from the Mishnah here that the Bala Chatzar becomes an automatic Shaymer. Even without specifying it clearly, in the ratio of the Mishnah, it says that the Bala Chatzar becomes an automatic Shaymer. And that's according to the Rabbanon. Right, so therefore, we know that the ratio of the Mishnah has to be the Rabbanon. And then the Gemara says, however, when it comes to the Bala Kedeiros, to say that the Bala Kedeiros also takes automatic responsibility when he brings in his pots into this chotzer, that it's not going to damage the, the animals of the Baal chotzer, that we can't say. Over here, the Baal HaKadetis doesn't live here. He's not, he's not taking automatic responsibility to guard the animals of the Baal HaChotzer. <coughs> it's not a contradiction. Okay, now the Gemara goes to the case where it said in the Mishnah, that if you brought in his peris into the chotz of the balabais without permission, and what happened? The, the, the animals of the balabais got damaged from this. So then the balabais is going to be chayev because you brought it in without permission. Amarav, Sarav explains, In what way did the animals get damaged from these fruits that you brought in? The animals slipped on these fruits. <laughs> then you'll be responsible for bringing it in here. Avala but if the animals of the Balachatzer ate these fruits, and the fruits that it ate, it ate too much, or whatever it is, that caused damage, then potter. The Balachatzer is going to be potter for this. Why? My timer. Because Because the Balachatzer could say to the Balachatzer, your animals should not have eaten my fruits. Right? Even though you brought in those fruits there, and you caused it to end up eating it, if you asked you to bring in your fruits into my chotzer to cause my animals to eat it. But nevertheless, the fact that these animals are not just walking and, and slipping, they're doing a separate action of eating the fruits. So therefore, the Bala Peris is just a grama. He's causing the damage. Grama ben Izakin is always potter. The, ba, the, the, the behemoths themselves are doing a separate action of eating the fruits, and that's what's causing the damage in these uh, animals. Therefore, you're going to be potter for that. Rav Sheshesh said about this statement of Rav, Amine, I say, Kinayin v'shochiv Rav, Then when Rav, when he was awake and asleep, he wasn't fully awake, he must have said this halacha, because we have a clear b'raisa that says not so. The Tanya, we learn the b'raisa as follows, Hanoisin, Samamoves, Lufnei Behemes A person that places poison in front of an animal of your friend, and, you've, and the animal goes and eats it and dies. 
Potter medina yadam, v'chay medina shemaim. So in such a case, you'll be potter in here in medina yadam, but medina shemaim yichayim. This is also another example which you're causing the damage. It's a grama. You didn't directly damage the animal. You put it, and the animal ate it itself. You will guide him this nezek so that you potter medina yadam. Now, what, what can we understand from this braises? Sama moves when you put poison. The reason why you put it in such a case is because it's not normal for an animal to go and eat poison. So the fact that the animal went and eat it, you can't attribute the damage directly to the person that put it there. But from this we can understand from this braise, but if you would have placed fruits in front of this animal, and then it ate it, then it caused damage for the animal. So in such a case, you'll be chayiv even bidine yadam. But according to Rav, why should you be chayiv? Rav said, Then in such a case, you still say that it's called a grama because the animal is doing the action itself of eating it, and therefore you can say you, you shouldn't have eaten, meaning that it's still also called a grama. So this is a clear question on what Rav said. So Amri, they answered Rav Sheshish's question. No, it's no stealing from this price. Because who are they not Philippides Nami Patimidinayodam? Really, the halach in this price it applies even when you placed fruits in front of an animal and the animal ate the fruits and it got damaged, you'll also be pot, exactly like Rav said. Now, why did it only say it the halach in a case where you placed poison down? Well, Kamashvalon, the Khidish of the Braise is the Philis Samamovis Nami. That even when you place poison, and it's very unusual for an animal to go and eat poison, it doesn't lie, it's, it's, it's easy, the animal identifies what it eats, what it doesn't eat, and it knows it doesn't want to eat poison. And still the animal, when it ate it, you still call the grama, and you will be even though the animal did something so unusual. That was the chiddush of this bride. So really the halacha, like Rav says, still applies. Or the Gemara gives another answer. This Bryce, when it says that you place poison in front of the animal, it doesn't mean that you stamp put down poison, but it means the You place this poison inside the, how do they touch a frasta there? Inside grass or other things. Ah, uh, they don't have a translation. Basically, you put the poison inside some kind of a food which is normal for the animal to eat. The Hainu it's the same thing like Paytis, like Rav said, and that in such a case with the animal, it's the nature for the animal to eat this, but because it ate it on its own, so you'll be put to Bidine Yodam, Machai Bidine Shemaim. But the Gemara asks some Rav from a different Braise. Meisvei, the Braise says, Aisha Shenichtusol Litchen Chitim, Eitzobalabayis, Shaloi Birushos. A woman brings in her wheat to, to grind it by the mill of a balabas, and she didn't get permission for this. And the animal from the owner comes and eats it up. Potter. The, 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 so the owner over here is, is potter because you came in without permission here. Now, if these animals got damaged by this weed here, so then the woman that brought in this weed here without permission will be chayev. Now, the Gemara understands at this point what happened, that these animals of the owner ate this wheat and they got damaged by this. But the question is, if they ate it and they got damaged, why is this woman that brought this in without permission? Name it, we should say, like Rav said, that the animal shouldn't have eaten this wheat, and therefore you'll be, be potted for this damage. So the Gemara answers, Amri, they said, why are you asking a question from this Braise? The language that it says in this Braise, is it any stronger than what it said in our Mishnah? And our Mishnah also said that if your pate is damaged, the uh, behemoth, then you'll be responsible. But in the Mishnah we explain, what does that mean? Rav said, it means, you only chayiv when the behemoth slip on these fruits. So over here in the Braise, it's obvious. You could say the same thing, that you only chayiv if the behemoth slipped on this wheat that this woman brought in, but not uh, when the, they, they ate. Why are we even asking a question from this Braise? 
So now the Gemara actually explains the one that asked this question, there was a reason he did ask this question from this Braisa. What was he even thinking of asking a question over here from this Braisa? Amalach will answer you as follows. In the Mishnah, it's understood why Rav said what he said. Because Katani, in our Mishnah, it says, If the animal of the owner got damaged in them, what does Husko Behen mean? That sounds like what Rav is saying. That the animal only slipped. Bahen does not sound like it ate it. It sounds like it slipped in it. So, however, over here in the Braise, Katani, what does it say? It doesn't say the word Bahen. It says, Im Husko. If the animal got damaged, right? So first, the Braise says the animal ate. And it says that the, the, the owner of the animal doesn't have to pay for this that it ate it up. And then it right away says, Im Husko. If the animal got damaged, so it sounds like it got damaged by eating it. Not that it slipped in it. It doesn't say the word behen in this b'raise. So So therefore it sounds like what the b'raise is saying, that the animals ate and that's how it got damaged. And that's why the one that asked the question asked on Rav from here. But but no, the other one that gave the answer will tell you, it doesn't make a difference. Even though it doesn't say the word behen, but we'll have to say according to Rav that over here it only means that the animal slipped. And that's why the owner is, 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 you have to pay the owner for this. And not, not that the uh, animal ate it. One more ride the Gemara tries to bring, Toshima, <coughs> we learned in the You brought your shayr into the chatz of a homeowner without his permission. And um, the, uh, the shayr ate chitin here in this shus of the balabas. And the hitriz umeis, and it, uh, it caused it to get sick. And it died from this. Had diarrhea and it got sick and it died from this. Potter. So you'll be potter for these damages. Because who asked you to bring your cow into my, or your ox into my rishos without permission? However, if this person brought his ox over here into this property with rishos, and now it ate from this chitim and it, and it died, the balachotza will be chayiv for the fact that it ate and it got sick and it died. But the question of here is, why is the balachatzachai for this? Why can't the homeowner say that even though I gave you permission to bring your shayt into my property, but it ate, it ate on its own. If it ate on its own, that kind of damage is not my responsibility because it's only sort of a grom. It shouldn't have eaten on its own. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not the case that Rav was talking about. Rav was talking about a case where you brought your paytas into the property of a person. And the animal of the homeowner ate from it and got damaged by it. And over there, Rav said, even though usually when you bring in Shaloi B'Rishos, you're responsible, but when it ate from it, you're going to be potter. But here the Gemara is asking from a case where a person brings it in, B'Rishos, you took responsibility to, to guard it. But, but, uh, but nevertheless, the Gemara is asking, still according to Rav, if this animal eats from your chitim, and it, and it gets sick and dies, you shouldn't be responsible for that, because that's the svara of Rav, that when it eats itself, you're not responsible. But the Gemara says it's not the same thing. Omar Rav, Rav said, Birushos, Ashaloi Birushos Karamis. You're asking from this Braise where it talks about when it brought it in Birushos, from the case where Rav was speaking about, where a person brought in his paytas without permission into a person's property, it's not the same thing. Birushos, over here, when you, when the paytas, or, or rather, when this shirt, came into your property with your permission. You gave permission for the person to bring in his ox over here. Over here, you accept a full responsibility as a shimer. You expect full, you accept that as full responsibility to take care of this ox. 
Even if this uh, ox is going to simply strangle itself, which is obviously something that it causes to itself, you're still responsible for that because you're a full-fledged shamer. In such a case, Rav would never say that if it eats, that you're not going to be responsible. Of course you're responsible. You're a shamer. Rav was talking before about a case where you brought in your paid as and the homeowner's ox got damaged by eating from it. Over there, we say, you didn't take responsibility as a shamer. So therefore, over there, it's only a grammar that it ate from it, and you're going to be part of that.